is he? What is he? What is he? Back in McMonigle here with you on the fan. You know what that means. Three hours. Three hours till 5 a.m. I'll be rocking with you. 877-337-6666. That's the number to call in. And we've made it. We've made it to Football Friday. Don't pay any attention to last night's football game. Hopefully, we'll have a good weekend. My God, let's not even. I I took the opportunity to sneak sneak in some extra sleep when the score. What was it? 40, 42 to nothing at the half. Forty nine nothing at one point. What an absolute embarrassment Thursday night football was. And and uh, Brandon Staley is going to be fired uh, too late, quite frankly. But my God, what a disaster of a football game. Hopefully, we have better in store for this week fifteen. I mean, and for you fantasy football guys, I mean, I, Eckler, I, I'm going against Palmer. I don't want to get into it. It was a rough Thursday night for me going in the uh, fantasy playoffs. But hopefully the New York Giants are actually on the road, right? I was listening to Evan today. He was giving all the statistics on whether or not if the teams win out and the Giants are a 90% chance to make the playoffs if they win out. Sure. All they got to do is beat the Eagles twice. No problem. You know why? Because we have Tommy DeVito. The story that never ends. The man we've all grown to know and love over the last few weeks. And this is really it. Right? This is the end of it. This is the end of it one way or another. This is the end of either Tommy DeVito as we know him. If they go into New Orleans and fall flat on their face and have a miserable game. And put an end to the stories. Put an end to this giant season once and for all. Or he steps up. He continues to play good football. The Giants win another game, and then it stops as well. Because you know what? The story then becomes this football team, this quarterback, and his ability to win football games as they look to head into a game against the uh, evil Philadelphia Eagles. All of it will stop one way or another. Because you know what? It's no longer fair. And I've been one who has yet to not, I'll be the first to admit, I've been talking about it all week. I haven't seen enough. I think some of the storylines that have come out of this is ridiculous. And he's already better than this one, already better than that one. He's going to lead the Giants to this. He's the quarterback next year. But I just want to enjoy the moment. That's that's what I want to do. It's And it's almost like if you don't embrace every aspect of this, and if you don't allow yourself to believe he could be the next Brock Purdy, then you're not enjoying the moment. Nonsense. I view it the other way. I don't want to. He doesn't have to be the next Brock Purdy for me to enjoy this. I want to enjoy it. I want to enjoy all of it. I want to enjoy Peyton Manning making fun of his agent. I want to enjoy Big Tom, his dad, and family having a great time with this and tailgating in the parking lot and winning these football games and beating lousy teams. And I want to enjoy all of this. But one way or another, this is going to stop because no one's going to care about chicken cutlets heading into a week where now they've won four in a row and transformed their season. And the biggest villain in the history of the franchise is up next. No one's going to care that he lives at home. No one's going to care 
that he he eats his mother's cooking and she does his laundry, and no one's going to care that his agent was nicknamed Slimy or not nicknamed Slimy or whatever the case may be. The jokes will stop. The jokes haven't stopped yet. Did you see the story about the owners' meeting? I guess they had a meeting on the internet, the the international growth policy, and every single owner voted yes except for the Chicago Bears. George McCaskey, the Chicago Bears owner, apparently was the only one who voted no. And he was like, well, listen, I, 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 I want to grow the game, but ultimately my fans want to see these great quarterbacks come to our building, not go across the pond or wherever they're going to go. I, I want them to come into our building. I want the Patrick Mahomes, the Josh Allen, the Tommy DeVitos in my building. And apparently it got a little bit of a laugh inside the room. That, I mean, that's he's such a big story. He's get, I mean, I had a caller yesterday say, you know, he's been made a joke of, and I disagreed. Well, the Bears are making jokes of him. The reaction to him has been a bit of a kind of a lightning rod thing. It's either we all believe it, and some of us have, or it's it's the joke of the NFL, and it's one of these guys who pop up, and we hear their story all the time. You know, look what's going on uh, with uh, Joshua Dobbs in, in Minnesota. He came to Minnesota. He got He played better. For the Cardinals, then we all thought. Then he goes to Minnesota. He plays great uh, in, on like a few days' notice. And we're, and we're talking about how he's an astronaut and how smart he is and how incredible he is and why the hell the Jets haven't traded for him. And all, on and on, he's the biggest story in the NFL. Everybody loves him. Everybody's wondering why the jerseys aren't already on the website. That's the biggest story in the NFL for a week. And then what happens? He's miserable. Now he's the third-string quarterback. And many people... And not necessarily me, who's been down on it. I don't think anyone real, really here who's following the Giants and watch what's going on. But many people throughout the NFL expect this story to go the same way. A non-drafted free agent who's had a couple of hot games against bad teams, but now he's got plays on tape, which you hear a lot. Now people have seen him. Now people know, okay, listen, he's going to tuck it down and run. He's got more athleticism than we thought. we got to be careful about that. Maybe put a spy on him. Oh, if you do this, you know, he likes to throw, he likes to do this. Oh, if he rolls, rolls to the right, make sure you there. All the tape that you have on him. And eventually, of course, this is not a great giant team. Waller's coming back has been cleared. That should add an element to it. But still, listen, this is a this is a five and eight giant team. This is an offense that really hasn't done much. This is an offense and a team that sure has won a couple games here once the schedule got easy, once the pressure was off, once the season was dead. Once bad teams are coming into their building, but now they're going to go into a place that's been a very difficult place to win against a solid but not great New Orleans team with a defense that's top third in the league, a defense that's top five against the pass, and this will either be the end or this is where he rises beyond the story. One way or another, Tommy Cutlets will die and Tommy DeVito will make a decision on where he stands on this team in its future plans and where they go next and whether or not we all get ready for a big-time game next week against Philadelphia that could determine both teams' seasons and where they're headed. Let's be honest. Philadelphia wants home games. Philadelphia, despite having a, a, a great record, despite winning 10 games so far this year, has not been nearly as good. And right now they are looking up at the Dallas Cowboys who have played better, who have been unstoppable in their building, and who are the talk of the NFL and whether or not this is the Cowboys' year. And so whether their life continues or whether the Eagles are playing home games in the playoffs could be determined next week with DeVito either done and it doesn't matter or DeVito rising above 
getting past the chicken cutlets, getting past the nonsense, getting past the noise, and starting to really emerge as someone where this isn't a joke. And this isn't something to laugh at or scoff at. This is a guy who's fit into a system with a coach, and I think that's such a huge part of this, with a coach whose best strength is developing these quarterbacks and getting the most out of them. And if you look at how he's improved over these handful of weeks and how certain things get better each game, where last week, taking all the sacks prior to that game, he what is, what's the number one thing he focuses on? Tucking the ball and running. Not taking sacks. Zero sacks. Zero picks. That's how you win football games in the NFL with a young quarterback. And this coach has transformed a guy in Josh Allen, who is an absolute superstar, who could, I think, is one of the best bets in the NFL right now, considering the odds to win MVP if they run the table, and they look like they're on the way to playing their best football of the year. I would not look past the Bills being the hottest team the rest of the way with the way Josh Allen is playing. But that's what this coach has done. He got the best out of Josh Allen. He got the best out of Daniel Jones. And he's getting the best out of a young kid who nobody saw coming who is one game away from either only being Tommy Cutlets or never being Tommy Cutlets again. That's the swing of this game for the young man, let alone the swing of the game for what this means for the team. Because six and eight, you're alive. And we can all laugh and, and scoff at the idea of beating the Eagles in Philadelphia. We all know how difficult it's been for this franchise. And while I don't think anyone would expect it, there'll probably be a touchdown or more underdog in the game. The fact of the matter is the season was 2-8 and eight and over. And this coach and this quarterback has now taken this team, brought it out of the fire, raised it from the dead. And we get ready for a game on Sunday where we can forget the idea of drafting a quarterback and, and forget the idea of whether or not it's right or wrong to lose the game. That's all gone. That's what they've avoided for us. That's what they have stopped. That's what I hated about this fan base, about this franchise, and hated about this team. That I was in a position, whether I'm right or wrong, whether you agree with me or not, there's a conversation on what's best for the team. And they put us there. They put us there yet again for the fifth time in the last six years about whether or not what's best for the team and draft pick and all that stuff. All it was there. You could disagree with it. The conversation was valid. It's no longer valid. That's what they saved us from. And hopefully they give us a Christmas where we're waiting for a game that means something again. But what the best thing about this is we've talked about it all week. I've enjoyed it. You've enjoyed it. We've taken calls. It's been fun. It's been endless. You guys, it, it doesn't matter. You guys, last night I did a five-hour show. I've been doing this for six months now. I've been doing shows for longer than that, but I've been doing the overnight for since July. I have never had a five-hour show that, if I wanted to, could have stuck on that one topic all five hours. You have been captivated by Tommy Cutlets. You have been enthralled in Tommy Cutlets. You are all in on Tommy DeVito, his story, the way he's played, and whether or not he's the future or what he can be. We've all been enthralled with it, and it's been fun. But I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the story. I'm tired of the fun part of it. I'm tired of the Italian hand gestures. I'm tired of whether you know him on social media doing you know food, uh, you know stuff with cuisine and, and talking about his favorite food and his father and his agent. I'm tired of all that. Now it's about winning, and it's about quarterback play, 
which is the lifeblood of winning in the NFL. And this is the game for me. Coming off a game against Green Bay where I fully admit Green Bay did not play well, but Green Bay was playing the best football of their season. And Love was playing the best football of his career. And they came in as a uh, six-point favorite into Giant Stadium, and Tommy DeVito stepped up and won a football game. And he made players like Wondell Robinson look the best they've looked in a Giants uniform. And a couple weeks ago, he made players like Jalen Hyatt look the best they've looked, even in a young career, in their Giant uniform. And now it's time to step up and take that next step. It's that it's the it's the the ladder of winning. You beat a couple of bad teams, fine. The next step, you beat a good team at home. Next step, you go on the road in a tough, loud building where there's going to be a lot of noise at the snap. He's going to have to go on silent counts a lot. He's going to be audibleing at the line. He's going to have to know what's going on. It's a defense that can come get you. It's a defense that's been good against the pass. It's a defense that can disguise things and make young quarterbacks throw picks. And now it's a team that's been focused on it, and he's not a laughing stock, and he's not just you know some obscure quarterback nobody's ever heard of. He's got plenty of tape. He's been playing for long enough. He's been playing winning football games. He just went out and beat a team that the Kansas City Chiefs couldn't beat and the Detroit Lions couldn't beat. And while you know the Chicago Bears owner might be making a quip about how he wants quarterbacks in the league, he's no joke. And I promise you the Saints aren't taking him as one. This is the game of record. This is where we draw the line of demarcation. This is where it's either what a fun story it was, and we'll always remember the second half of 2023 as the Tommy Cutlets era, and boy, did we have some fun when we thought the season was over, or this is where we found our quarterback. This is where things changed for the franchise. It could be that dramatic come Sunday. 877-337-6666. We'll get into the Jets and their game because you know what? There's a quarterback controversy there too. Will Zach Wilson, defending AFC Offensive Player of the Week, will he step up and play well enough where the Jets and Aaron Rodgers think it's worth it to bench him? That's the question. The Jets aren't in the same position the Giants are in. The Jets have the same record, but the AFC is better, and it's tougher to make the playoffs. But if they ever win this game and Zach Wilson beats the Dolphins, and this is a game that Aaron Rodgers is targeted, does he believe it's worth it? Do the Jets believe it's worth it? Is he that determined where it gives him enough of an excuse to go out there and prove his healing power? To go out there and prove the power of this new surgery. To go out there and say, look what I did at 40 years old when you all doubted me. And you know he wants to do it desperately. Does this give them the reason? And plus, let's go screw the Dolphins. Let's go ruin their chances. Let's go put a damper on this great story. They're the mid-season show on Hard Knocks on HBO The coach is one of these lovable idiots with these funny jokes at the press game, but he's an offensive genius. Hill is up there for MVP. Two is up there for MVP. They were going to cakewalk to a division title on a year where the uh, Bills couldn't get it together. Why don't you go stick it to them and then figure out whether or not you're going to actually see Aaron Rodgers this year. So it's actually quite an interesting Sunday with a a lot of questions to be asked, 
a lot of questions to be answered, and then the pathway for the rest of the year to be determined. What else could you ask for with two teams where we thought the season was dead? It's great. I couldn't be happier. 877-337-6666. We'll get into the baseball. Shohei Otani was obviously announced at Dodger Stadium as we wait for Yamamoto. And I'll tell you right now, I'm done with the Dodgers. 877-337-6666. McMonagle here with you on the fan. We'll be right back taking your phone calls all the way till 5 a.m. Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. All right, let's go. 224 on this football Friday. And we'll give you everything that goes with it. We'll get to the picks for the week. I am no longer in second place. Marco is the dominant force. Uh, leading and Fleegs has caught up after a 5-0 and week. And now I am percentage points behind him. So we got to get back on track with the points. We'll do that. We'll have uh, a little fun with a, a Advent calendar Christmas take as we lead into Christmas. So we'll do everything we normally do, have some fun. But we start with the death of Tommy Cutlets. One way or another, Tommy Cutlets will be no more. After Sunday. Enjoy it. We have a couple of more days of it. And then Tommy Cutlets is done. One way or another. Sam in Brooklyn. What's up, Sam? Yeah, hey, Chris. Thanks for taking the call. Um, I like the way you framed it, you know, when you open with, with DeVito. I, I think you're dead on. This story is going to die one way or another, for mm-hmm. better or for worse. You know, he could be the guy who will make a 30 for 30 10 years down the line. Or, you know, he could really become a force and a, and a potential starting quarterback in this league. I, I think there's there's another point, you know, this this week against New Orleans, I feel like till now he's kind of been floating, right? You're Green Bay, you're, you're looking at him. He, he, you know, he's still the third-string quarterback. They sure. didn't really do anything against New England. He, they scored 10 points. You're like, we're going to walk in, we'll steamroll this guy. Make sure Barkley doesn't that, beat us. That's you know, Exactly, yes. exactly. Make, yeah, make sure Barkley doesn't beat us and we'll, we'll be fine. I think, you know, that that's going to change now. The whole league's talking about him. New Orleans, you know, they're not a great team, but they're not terrible and they have a pretty no. good defense. Yeah. They're going to be scouting him. They're going to be looking. Right. And, and this is the first true test. Like, could he, you know, compete with those adjustments and continue to Completely perform? Completely agree. And, and the idea of this storyline, um, no team wants this to continue. Like, no team wants to have, like, be be the next in line. And then and then the jokes are all the Italian restaurants in New Orleans or, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it's just like they don't, they don't want to be the next team that this unproven third-string quarterback – who's become the toast of the NFL, comes in and embarrasses their team. This defense, yeah, they've they've listening all week. Everyone knows the story. It's gone national now after that Monday night football game. And that's the last thing any team wants to do is have, you know, some sort of, and I don't think he's a joke necessarily, just in the moment I can't find a better word for it, but they don't want to have some joke or some, you know, made-up storyline come in and be furthered on their backs. 100%, 100%. And in that sense, this is kind of... His big test, Chris. If at one point on the Yankees, if I could, sure. The uh, the uh, you know all the talks on Soto and Yamamoto, and and obviously you know they they they've completely redone their outfield. But I still got some concerns. You know, if they're going to be a real World Series contender this year, right? Mm-hmm. Even if they add Yamamoto, their pitching depth has been crushed by the Soto deal. You need to have six, seven starters in today's league. I mean, some guys are just bound to get hurt. And yeah. the lineup is, is, is loaded with, you know, Soto Judge, you know, that, that can be obviously 
incredible as a one-two punch. But, I mean, you know, what's Rizzo going to be? What's DJ going to be? Could Volpe take that step forward? I mean, Stanton, right? We don't know what we're getting from the catcher position. There's still a lot of question marks that concern me. Like, if they really want to be a a real-world series contender, you know, I I feel like this is where this is where I agree and disagree with you. I agree there's holes. I I agree that they still aren't some sort of unstoppable team that can't be beat, but World Series contender, I would argue with you, they are a World Series contender right now. They don't need Yamamoto to be a World Series contender. They're one right now. Don't necessarily disagree, but if it's I mean, the Arizona Arizona Diamondbacks were in the World Series last year. Do they have holes? Yeah. How's their pitching depth? Can you name a second starting pitcher on the team? (laughs) I cannot. I cannot. Well, that's what I thought. With that being said, you know, you want your odds to be better than the, the D-backs. They're a good story, I, not, but, you know. Granted. See, and that's where I differ with people. I, I totally, I'm, we're parsing words. I agree with you. I want to up the odds. I want Yamamoto. In fact, I think they're going to get him. And I'm tired of everybody just uh, uh, acquiescing to the Dodgers. Like, they're going to, just because they gave out a, a, a smart contract to a player who desperately wanted to have a huge number and desperately wanted to play for them. So he figured out a way to make it happen. Suddenly, the Dodgers are just the bee's knees, and everyone's just going to fall to them and, and go there. I'm, I don't care if they're trading for glass now or not. The Yankees are going to get Yamamoto. And if they don't, and I desperately want them, they need to, tra- they need to pivot uh, that second um, uh, Japanese pitcher or trade for Corbin Burns or trade for Dylan Cease. What about Montgomery? What about Or bring in Montgomery. Montgomery. I, I, I'm open to Montgomery. I don't think he is the slam dunk everybody thinks he is, but he's a good starting pitcher. He would help the team, no doubt about it. But my, my point is there's a difference by saying if you want to be a World Series contender or do you want to be the favorite out of the American League? I think right. as presently constituted, they are a World Series contender. It would not shock me because uh, who like are the are the are the um, the Diamondbacks the Diamondbacks? I was making that other argument. The uh, Tampa Bay Rays just lost glass now um, and their pitching is, uh, you know, What's his, the, their ace is still recovering from Tommy John surgery. I don't know what they are. You're going to tell me the Texas Rangers are an unstoppable Man. force? McClanahan, thank Absolutely you. Absolutely not. I mean, so right yeah. now, I think the Yankees are absolutely a World Series contender. And thank you for the call, Sam. Are they a World Series favorite? No, they are not. But they are. They are it would not surprise me if this team right now, where Rizzo returns to form, Stanton can stay mostly healthy, Torres gives you another year like he gave you last year. Judge stays healthy, and you've added Juan Soto and Verdugo, left-handed, uh, you know, left-handed outfielder, dramatically better than nobody in left field. So, I think they're already. I think Rodon has to be better. I think Nestor Cortez has to be better. They can't be worse or pitch less. I mean, I guess they could, but I'd be very surprised. To me, the Yankees are already a World Series contender. I don't, they don't need Yamamoto to be that. They are a championship-caliber team right now, today. But they're not the evil empire. They're not, you have no chance against us. They're not one of the favorites to come out. But, I mean, I just find it laughable. People say these things, and then they'll get mad at me like I'm ridiculous. Last year at this time, the this time, right, like right now, right now, this time a year ago, the Texas Rangers were mocked by the New York media. Mocked. SNY laughed at the Texas Rangers when DeGrom went there. 
laughed at them. DeGrom didn't care about winning because he went to the Texas Rangers. Good luck with that losing franchise and that losing team. You loser. That was the thought process of the Texas Rangers. That's what people thought. If you would have asked them then, are the Texas Rangers a World Series contender? Ha! DeGrom's a joke for leaving the winning organization that is the New York Mets to leave to go to Texas and play with the lousy Rangers who, you know, won 70 games this year. But I'm crazy, you know, we're all we're all I'm just a pie in the sky Yankee fan for thinking they could be a World Series team. But last year we were mocking the Texas Rangers for and DeGrom calling DeGrom a loser to go there. Anybody see the Diamondbacks making it to the World Series? Six months ago, the Braves were the greatest thing to ever happen to baseball. Couldn't be stopped. That lineup is everything you want. It's balanced. It's tough. They've got the superstar. He's, he's got 40 home runs and 70 stolen bases. Who's going to stop this team? The first baseman's got 50 home runs. Albie's the second baseman is one of the better pop uh, power hitting and and hitting second baseman is in the league. They have it all over the place. They are as good as you can possibly be. They won one game in the postseason. One game. It's just don't tell me the Yankees can't be a contender. Silly. Vinny in Staten Island. What's up, Vinny? Hey, what's up, Chris? What's going on, man? Talking How are you? about the Mets, and I'm talking about Yamamoto. Yes, sir. I think since since I've been alive, this is the biggest free agent, and I don't even care about the player for the Mets to have to have. Okay. And I think the reason for it is because this fan base is already annoyed. If you're not the, at least the highest bidder for Yamamoto, yeah, I think you lose a lot of this fan base because we're nervous to begin with. We don't see at least an offer for Yamamoto higher than the Dodgers, higher than the Yankees. I think it would be a disaster. And I don't even think Yamamoto makes that much of a difference to, as far as this year's team. But I think if the if the Mets don't even – they don't put it, uh, the highest bid in, I think people are going to start panicking about Cohen. Well, I, I know we've gotten yeah, – I, mean, I get that. I mean, but, I mean, what are we doing this offseason? No, I, nothing. You're doing nothing. You've targeted one guy. That's why I don't even know if I agree with you. I think you have to get him or people are going to start worrying. Because it says two things are said. You're right. It's worse, I suppose, if he doesn't put in the highest bid because now you're worried he won't be willing to do it. But also, you act like this is some sort of major advantage. I mean, if you put in the highest bid and still lose, like what does it say about the idea of being able to put in the highest bid? It gets you yeah. some. It doesn't get you what you, always what you want. And the thing is, and thank you for the call, Vin. Like I was watching um, SMY, uh, the you know Sal's uh, Baseball Night New York show, and. They were talking about Yamamoto and coming to the Mets or whatever. And Ron Darling kind of had your take a little bit where he was like, well, everybody expects them to just go out and get every free agent. But ultimately, you know, all Steve Cohen can do is offer him the highest money. If he goes somewhere else, you know, what are you going to do? You know, that there's, the expectations are too high for this billionaire. That's fine. When, when you say every free agent, sure. No one thinks you can get every free agent. No one thinks you're going to go out there and get everybody. But this is the one guy you've targeted. You can't put all of your eggs on, in an offseason. And I don't care however they viewed the offseason or what they've already been open about talking about the offseason, about 
we're going to take a step back. We're going to really focus on building the entire organization. We've spent a lot of money last year. It didn't work out for us. We're learning it might not be the best thing. Once we really establish a firm footing and the lifeblood of an organization that is the farm system, then we'll start spending money. Then we'll start moving forward. Then we'll really attack this thing when we really feel like we have the depth in an organization to be a sustained winner year in and year out. I tried to do a quick fix with a lot of money. We're going to do it differently. That's fine. He's a billionaire. He made promises you can't take back. Sorry, you can't suddenly abort mission. You can't. This was win and win soon. And while I think most Mets understand the plan and are okay with the plan on some level, they're not going to just give up on any offseason. Not this offseason, not next offseason, not after not after a championship. They might think they would. They would still want you to make moves. When you're the eccentric billionaire who came in and they're literally making tax thresholds for you, and that's what they thought after dealing with the cheap Wilpons for their entire lives, practically, a lot of Yank, a lot of Met fans, are you you can't just take a step back. Fine. Okay. You have to do something. They've made one. One person, their guy. They put all of the eggs in the Yamamoto basket. They didn't even call Otani, the greatest free agent of all time, who offered the same contract to the his hometown Angels. It sounds like the Giants were willing to give him the same money. They didn't even attempt to get Shohei Otani. They put all of their eggs in the Yamamoto basket. So I understand, hey, all you can do is offer him more money. What can you do if he says no? Make him an offer he can't refuse. Sorry, that's that's what it is. Otherwise, I'm not saying that you know Rome is burning necessarily or that no Met fan, you know, that uh, will be ever happy with Steve Cohen again, or that we wish we had the wolf ponds back. Uh, th- there's It'll be disappointing. I don't think I think there's still the idea of who he is and what he's willing to do, but it's no longer that same level of, you know, we're the big bad Mets owned by the big bad billionaire. Because the bloom is off the rose. It's still a positive that he's the owner. I don't think any Met fan would trade him for anybody else. He's done a lot for this organization. No one's killing him necessarily, but it's it won't be the same. Much like Tommy Cutlets will die one way or another, I think King Cohen takes a major hit. Steve Cohen's fine. King Cohen, Uncle Stevie, takes a major hit. If the one guy they targeted goes somewhere else, I don't care if it's for less money or not. I know on some some level all you can do is offer the most. You have to get him. And if you allow him to go somewhere else, because he wants to play with his buddy in Otani or loves the Dodgers or simply wants to wear the pinstripes, then you're at the same disadvantage you've always been at. And I understand you can't get everyone, and no one's expecting year in and year out to get every single free agent. But when you put off every other thing in the offseason, when it, when you, when it seems like you haven't prioritized the offense at all, when the only move you've really made of significance here is to get, uh, you know, a former Yankee pitcher in Luis Severino for a one-year deal. 
when you've added utility men and relievers and a starting pitcher who was awful and hardly pitched over the last five years, you can't tell me it's okay to miss out on Yamamoto as long as we made him the biggest offer. Make him a big enough one where he can't say no. Plain and simple. Make him one he can't say no. I promise you. I, I don't know anything about this kid. I have no idea. He's 25 years old. He, he's pitched in another country. I've only seen highlights. I, don't, I would never claim to know anything about him. But it's very hard for me to believe that there isn't a number that he says, I don't care, I'd, lo- I'd love to pitch for the Dodgers or Yankees, but that's a number I can't say no to. Um, I would think most people have that number. You have to try and find it. Otherwise, you're just Steve Cohen, another owner inside baseball with you know pretty much more money than everybody else. But ultimately, that in a, that in uh, you know that in that in twelve fifty will get you a Starbucks coffee. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Continue to take your phone calls on this football Friday. But we're talking baseball here. I'm fine with that. We could talk a little bit of baseball. I'll tell you why. I'm still as passionate and as certain as ever Yamamoto is coming to the Yankees, and I don't care what the Dodgers do. And the Mets need him worse than the Yankees do. He's got to come to New York. Don't let him go to those lousy bum Dodgers who think they can do everything and buy everyone. Don't let it happen. And, of course, the main story, Tommy Cutlets, one way or another, goes away on Sunday. Your official station to talk Knicks. The Fan 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Alright, 2.47. McMonagle here with you. We got a lot to do today. So I thought in here in this first hour I would do real quick. Mitch, hang on. I'm going to get to the call in one second, but we're going to do Daddy, why are you still on the potty? This is where I tell you what I was watching on on my phone in the bathroom long after I'd finished going to the bathroom, but you hang out for five or six minutes a little bit longer just to hide from the kids who won't stop beating me up and jumping off the couch cushion, off the arm of the couch and calling at the top rope and hitting me with every finishing move under the sun. So I need a few minutes to myself, and today was a good one. Today was a good one. Today I watched the trailer for the new Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop number four. Eddie Murphy. And it's got some nostalgia in it. A lot of the same old actors in it. It looks pretty good. But you know what? I don't have much. I don't have too much faith in it actually being a good movie. But this is one that I have no problem with the idea of Hollywood never always doing something, you know, never doing the same, uh, something new. It's always the same thing. Uh, another remake, blah, 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 blah. I have to admit, there's room in my life for another Beverly Hills Cop. I love Axel Foley. I love the movies. I was a huge, I'm a huge Beverly Hills Cop fan. I even like the dopey third one where he's at the Wally World or whatever. I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. I know he's unhappy with it, apparently. He hated the movie. But I'm all in. I am all in for a new Beverly Hills Cop. I love those movies. And at the same time as he's got some, you know, ridiculous Christmas movie out. Um, it's it's good to remember the time when Eddie Murphy made great movies. And I don't want to know. I didn't see this most 
I didn't, the Christmas one looks ridiculous. It's a kid's movie. I mean, let's be honest. I, well, maybe it's, it's better than I'm giving it credit for, but it looks bad. Let's be honest. And then I didn't see the movie with him and Jonah Hill about, uh, you know, Jonah Hill's marrying or dating his daughter. I didn't even see it. Some people liked it. Some people hated it. I know that there was like a CGI kiss that was controversial or something. I don't know. But I didn't, I didn't see it. But, I mean, Eddie Murphy really doesn't do that much anymore. Not anything worth watching. So the idea that another Beverly Hills Cop is coming, I'm all in. So I watched the trailer for that today. It was good. The other news on the um, television movie front was, I guess, Larry David announced that this will be the last season of Curb. Curb is coming out for its 12th season. He took a pretty long hiatus before and said it was over and then came back, but I would imagine I don't, you know, I don't want to put him anywhere nearer the grave than he is. He still looks like he's in tremendous shape, but at his age, how what kind of I don't think he could do another 6-7 year hiatus and come back with another season of Curb. So unfortunately, one of the great comedies. And I told you before, I don't really love I don't get focused on comedies. I'm weird. Like I love them. Like, I love Kirby Enthusiasm. If I'm flipping through the channels and it's on, I'll watch it. But for whatever reason, comedies never are must, like, appointment television. Like, back when 24 was on, I loved 24. I'm a huge 24 guy. I mean, it was Tuesday nights for most of the season. Uh, most of the years was it was Tuesday nights. It was, I didn't care what was going on in my life. Tuesday night, I'm watching TV. Like, same The Sopranos and so many shows on Sunday night with HBO. I know the whole streaming world has changed that. You don't have to have... You know, must-watch TV. You can binge something, and that probably helps comedy viewers. But for me, like, I've never been like, oh, Sunday, 10 o'clock, I have to watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. I don't know what it is. Comedies don't hook me like that. But Curb Your Enthusiasm is one of the great comedies of all time. He's one of the great comedy minds of all time. That that in Seinfeld, it doesn't get better. So unfortunately for all of us, Curb Your Enthusiasm will be ending after its 12th season. And, but the positive is we got another Beverly Hills Cop. Very excited for that. Very excited. So today was a good daddy why are you still on the potty. I, I I avoided my children for a good reason today. Mitch and Mystic, what's up, Mitch? First of all, C-Mac, you know how I always say it. You are the perfect blend of passion and reasonability when it comes to the Giants. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, I try I to be reasonable and I try to be all, passionate. Thank you for the Beverly Hills Cop reference because I'm a little older than you, yeah. and the first two were fantastic. Oh, Third, I could live with, I, I, but I've watched I agree it before. Yes. Oh, no, you have to watch it. If I mean, if you like oh, the movies. But, yeah, no. So, C-Mac. Yes. So, C-Mac, talk to me. We're going to win two more games. Okay. That would be nice. Gun to my head, we're going to win two more games. Wait, two, two, more games. two more games total or the next two games? We're going to win two more games out of the last four. Okay. All right, so we're going to be 7 and 11. Okay. Picking 12. Okay. We're not, it's not a quarterback anymore, my friend. It's, Where are we it's going? It's probably not. It's probably not. I would still, depending on how DeVito plays, like you say they win two games, like if both of those games are the Eagles and he wins games against the Eagles because of him, then I'm feeling differently about it. If it's, if it's the Rams and the Saints and they get blown out by the Eagles and it's non-competitive, I might feel differently about it. So... It does depend on how those two wins happen and who they're against and how DeVito plays. Uh, but picking twelfth, they may be in the they may be in the possibility 
of trading up for a quarterback that they like. That's I'm open to that. And if you, that's what you they were really, you really want to trade up for that quarterback. I, I want the franchise quarterback, and I trust Dable yeah. more than ever. I trust Dable you're more consistent. than ever. I, I give you credit. You're I, I, oh, I want the franchise quarterback. That's that's what I want. That's what winning is in this league. I'm so that's how I feel. I, it's not just for this year, next year. It's for the next ten years, and have a winning, sustained like even with Eli. And I'm not going to knock Eli. I never will. And I'll fight with anyone who says different uh, or or diminishes him in any way. But even with Eli, let's be honest, the two of the great Super Bowl runs of all time, and it's worth however else it went. I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. But even with Eli, were they ever a win 10, 11, 12 games every single year, mark it down, it doesn't matter who came, who left, who, who the changes made. Because of Eli Manning, the Giants were winning 12 games and were going to be in the playoffs. That was just not the case. We haven't seen that in my entire life. That's what I'm desperate for. I want Patrick Mahomes or, or Josh Allen or one of these guys where I know I, I don't care. Yeah, right now they don't seem to be the same in Kansas City, and their wide receiving core is an issue, and they might not win the Super Bowl. Hell, they might not get to what seems to be their birthright, the AFC Championship game, but they're winning that division, and they're getting into the postseason. You can bet your ass. That's what I want. I want a quarterback where I know I am getting to the postseason year in and year out, and unfortunately for the Giants, I feel like we haven't had in forever, so that's what I want. And now if if and and all I'm saying is, is if Dable – thinks that one of those guys is there and he thinks it's better than the option of DeVito and he thinks it's better than the option of of uh, Daniel Jones, then move heaven and earth to go get him. But say that's out of the realm of possibility. All those quarterbacks are gone by the 12th pick and they don't believe in a quarterback any more than DeVito or then, I mean, I don't know. What do you want to do? I'm open to anything. Why do you see that defense, offensive linemen? There's enough, there's enough holes on this team to go around. C-Mac, here's what I don't want to happen. Okay. You got your eye on a quarterback, he goes, and then you you get the other guy that you're not really Correct. in love with Correct. six picks later. I oh, don't want that. To- to- That's what I don't want. Totally agree. I thought the second overall pick or the third overall pick, you're probably in that boat. Because I mean, or, you know, I don't know. It's tough. I, I, it's what I trust Dable and Shane more than ever, especially Dable. What he's I do getting, too. what That's he's getting, great at, comment. what he's getting out of uh, of Devito right now is miraculous. I mean, it's just miraculous. He got the best year out of Daniel Jones uh, this year. That obviously fell on his face, and we were nervous about both Jones and the quarter and the coach. But the coach and what he's done, I fully trust him in develop. And thank you, Mitch, for the call. I fully trust him in developing quarterbacks. I fully trust him on understanding which quarterbacks are successful. I want what he wants. That's it. I'm on board. I'm on board. It's hard not to be. It's hard as a Giant fan now watching Dable and what he's done with this quarterback, what he's done with Josh Allen, and what he got out of Daniel Jones last year. I trust him implicitly. So if I I see come draft day, come draft day, if you say where they are and they're picking 12th or 13th, somewhere around there, and they trade up and take a quarterback, I will be dancing in the streets. I will be tickled pink. I will be so freaking happy you have no idea because I believe he knows good quarterback play and good quarterbacks and will get the most out of it. I am fully – I full, this is not the Jets drafting Sam Darnold, the Jets drafting uh, Zach Wilson. This is the guy to draft a young quarterback with. It's part of the reason I wanted to tank. I thought the Giants were in a unique position where it made a ton of sense to go out there and get a quarterback. 
because of the coach. He was the biggest reason. So I'm still there. Obviously, I, I want to win this game against New Orleans. I'm done with wanting to lose. That part I'm done with. And the actual tank. But drafting a quarterback, if they draft a quarterback in the, one of the first two rounds, then I'm happy. And I, I would think that's the guy moving forward after next year. And I'm thrilled with that. Thrilled with it. If they don't, let's see how they handle DeVito or Jones or whomever it's going to be. But I want the quarterback, and we'll see. And I'm open to the idea DeVito's him. I don't think Daniel Jones is him. I've seen enough where I don't think he's him. You know, if I had to make a decision, you know, as, as Dog used to say, "Gun to my head," I would still say I don't think DeVito's him. I don't think I don't think the Giants have him on the roster right now. But I'm open to the idea it could be Devito. I'm done with Daniel Jones, and that's why I'm dis. That's why I'm on some level, and I talked about it yesterday that these winning these games for Dan uh, are the best thing that could happen for Daniel Jones because it keeps him alive in the Giant conversation. Drafting a quarterback ends Daniel Jones as the future quarterback of the New York Giants. No matter how well, no matter how well Tommy Devito plays, it doesn't end it. It puts it in a major, major question mark. And it puts him behind the eight ball and makes it less and less likely. Like if he goes out and beats Philadelphia and wins all these games down the stretch, it's hell. It's really unlikely that Daniel Jones ever comes back to be the quarterback. But it's plausible because if Dan, if Tommy DeVito starts the year next year and is miserable, you could go back to Daniel Jones. You won't do that with a rookie quarterback. The minute you draft a quarterback and then you start him, that's it. You don't bench him for Daniel Jones. You go with the season, however much losing it may be. You're developing a quarterback. That's it. It's over. Daniel Jones is done. No matter how well DeVito plays, wins the starting job, if they start 0-3 and he has seven picks in the first three games and he's embarrassingly bad, here comes Daniel Jones. As unlikely as I'm hoping that would be, at least that's plausible. Daniel Jones has no hope if they draft a quarterback, no hope. And neither does DeVito. If they draft a quarterback in the first two rounds, he's going to be the future of the team. And I'm I'm still on board with that. That would still be my preference. DeVito has a chance. Tommy Cutlets does not. Tommy Cutlets is long gone. I don't care about Tommy Cutlets after today. I'm not going to refer to him as Tommy Cutlets after today. That's all done. Tommy Cutlets lives no more. We either just have... Uh, Tommy DeVito, who's holding uh, a place mark until the end of the year, and we figure out the quarterback position, or we have Tommy DeVito, the quarterback of the New York Giants, ready to take on the Philadelphia Eagles come Christmas time. That's Those are the two options we have after Sunday. And I'm looking forward to it, and I can't wait for it. And as much as I'd like to answer questions about what they do in the draft, and I'm more than happy to take your calls on who I think will be next and what they should do with Daniel Jones, and we can we can have that discussion if you'd like. I'd much rather focus on this game against New Orleans and winning this game and figuring out a game plan, which I think probably should be mostly Saquon Barkley. I don't think they need I don't think the game plan should be let Tommy DeVito cook, quite honestly. Against this defense on the road, let's see if this defense, the giant defense, and the run game can win a traditional old school NFL game, go out there and run it down their throat. And stop them from running the football and put the hands in their lousy quarterback, in my opinion, especially in the red zone. Let's go get Dexter Lawrence, who is now graded out 
as the best defensive player in the NFL. Not defensive tackle. Not Giants defensive player. Not NFC East defensive player. The best defensive player in the NFL, the highest grade in all the league, is Dexter Lawrence. You are looking at an out-and-out superstar in the the middle of this defense. Let this defense that with Wink Martindale and Kayvon Thibodeau has answered every single question, the idea of him being a bust is so far behind us, it's ridiculous. Kayvon Thibodeau, Dexter Lawrence, Banks, McKinney, this defense, the linebacking core, this defense that has stepped up over the last few weeks, let them go win a football game. Run the football, make just enough plays with DeVito, and let this defense against this lousy uh, Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints go win a football game that way. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how they win it. We're all still on board with DeVito if they win the game because it means he won't make mistakes and he'll play winning football. And that's all we want to see from him right now. 877-337-6666. Jason, I'm coming back and make, and taking calls. Don't you worry about it. 3 o'clock on the fan. One hour down. Two more to go on this football Friday. Continue to take your phone calls. We'll do picks. We'll have a little bit of a Christmas thought. We'll have some fun over the next two hours until the warm-up show at 5 a.m. McMonagle here with you in the overnights right here on the fan. WFAN. WFAN-FM. WFAN-FM HD1. New York. Always live on the free Odyssey app. WFAN Sports Flash. Good.